Man, I also, so I grew up in West Virginia, like I said, and, and so the desert to me was this ho- holy foreign place that I didn't have any experience with at all. Um, and pretty early on in my career at Knowles, I got a chance to go and work in Southern Utah, um, where we run a bunch of courses in the spring and fall backpacking and canyoning. And, and that place has a magic and a power that is kind of unexplainable, uh, to someone who hasn't been there. Um, and I, I feel, uh, I just feel like that place has a, an ancient sort of like spirit that, that I have never felt any other place. Um, I mean, part of it is just being deep under the earth, like under sort of the surface. And you're in these like very deep canyons that sometimes are really narrow and you don't see very much of the sky. And to me growing up in a place that, oh, you know, lots of trees and lots of water, uh, that environment with just, it's like changing faces around every corner in a canyon, um, can look totally different and amazing. Um, I would say like the, the dirty devil watershed particularly is an area that I've spent quite a bit of time. Um, and for folks that don't know, that's a tributary that runs into the Colorado, um, that got its name from one of John Wesley Powell's boatmen who they saw that thing flowing out into the Colorado and it is a muddy river. And he said, that's one dirty devil. And that name has stuck to that ever since. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And that place is just so cool. It's, you know, um, these tight slot canyons that are super fun to kind of like climb around on. It's, it's like this, this playground for, uh, humans that just makes you feel like you're six years, six years old again, climbing and stemming between these really thin canyon walls and, and just, um, yeah, I, I, I'd say Southern Utah is just such a special place. Really cool. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Your Wild Place, a production of Friends of Scotchman Peaks Wilderness. For this episode, I interviewed Drew Seitz. He lives in Lander, Wyoming, and works for Knowles, a nonprofit global wilderness school. Their mission is to be the leading source and teacher of wilderness skills and leadership that serve people and the environment. Drew has had some pretty awesome adventures with Knowles, so get comfy and be prepared to live vicariously through Drew for a little while. I'm Britta Meyerly, and this is Your Wild Place. My name is Drew Seitz. I live in Lander, Wyoming, and have called this home for the last 15 or so years off and on. Um, and have worked uh, as a Knowles expedition instructor since 2006, uh, leading trips into lots of awesome wilderness locations. Um, yeah, I feel really lucky to have gotten a chance to spend a good portion of my adult life playing outside like a little kid. So that's Drew. Now let's get back to the dirty devil. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny because we have this conception of wilderness that always indicates that it's not filled with people, right. Or that people aren't a part of the landscape. And down there, it's impossible to really see that because not so much in the dirty devil, although there's some cool pictographs. I mean, there's like one of the biggest pictograph panels in the world is in Horseshoe Canyon, which is sort of like 
in that same zone. And, um, that, that was a place actually that a lot of our courses would start and Horseshoe Canyon has these, I mean, some of them are like 15 feet tall, like giant sort of humanoid figures that are just like very, very haunting, uh, to look at, you know, and they're thousands of years old. Um, but just that idea that people have been here for millennia, right. Off and on certainly. And no one or very few people are, I guess there's just not population density in a lot of those places, but the human impact on the land is undeniable. And so I think that's a pretty interesting way to look at a wilderness. And I think our, our, our view of that just sort of totally discounts the people that were here before European settlers arrived. And, you know, that could be a two hour long discussion we could have about, uh, colonialism and, and the wilderness. But, um, I do think it's neat to go to a place where the human impact is, is visible while still feeling very, very wild. I mean, that place, yeah, you just never know what's going to happen. Like you can round a corner and all of a sudden there's a 150 foot dry waterfall that you're like, Oh, cool. How are we going to get around this thing? <laughs> Not down. Um, well down, but hopefully we've brought long enough ropes. That's like the, always the crux. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Does that, like in those environments and um, going through those canyons and seeing evidence of people from like a thousand years ago, does that make you feel really small? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a feature of what places I consider to be wilderness are always places that where I feel small and significant, like whatever the word you want to use is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's the landscape. And then it's also right. The, the, those places in the desert particularly are just so dark. Um, and the time of year that I have spent the most there is times of year when it's dark a lot, right? So November, March. Uh, and so you just look at the sky a lot and it's impossible to look out into a sky like that and see that many stars and not feel insignificant. So it's kind of a cool, like, uh, yeah, a cool relationship between the earth and the sky down there and the canyons, particularly where you again, see ancient history. I mean, you see these corn cobs that have been sitting in a, in a pot for 1200 years. Uh, and then, also be able to look up at stars that, you know, our humanoid ancestors 12,000 years ago, 15,000 years ago, we're all looking at as well, you know, and sort of like curious about. So I, yeah, I think it, it, if a place doesn't make me feel small, maybe it's not really wilderness as much for me. Although to be fair, uh, the canyons and I would say caves as well, which is another place I spent a good amount of time for Knowles can make you feel pretty big too when you're too large to go through the place that you're trying to get through, you know, the slot Canyon and, and getting stuck in those things. It's, uh, can be a little perilous at times. Yeah. But it, it, uh, certainly a place like that, that challenges you to, to just move through the terrain and it, you know, can be so hard. You are definitely not in charge in those places. Oh no. I mean, right. We're, we're never in charge. I think, you know, we, we like to give ourselves this idea that we have control over what's going on around us. And I think 
our current environment has laid that pretty bare uh, with just like people who, I, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough to count among my friends, folks who spend a lot of time outside and, and in harsh environments. And most of them are way more okay with like not knowing what's going to happen than, uh, than other folks. And I, and I didn't know that as much as I have come to realize that there are a lot of people out there who like uncertainty is just really hard for them. And uncertainty in the wilderness is just your day to day, you know, like, and, and you can't change it. You can't make it better. You can't get more information because this is the information you have and you got to just deal with it. <laughs> I think that the, you know, the, the wilderness just has so much to teach us, not about just living during a pandemic, although I think that's pretty useful, but just living in general, because, uh, I mean, obviously your ability to try hard to do something is, is tested pretty regularly when you're traveling through wild places. Um, but again, I think there's this, I mean, there's a great quote out there from, I don't remember who, but I've read it on a lot of Knowles courses about how, you know, the secret to making the best humans is like spending time in, in the fresh air. Um, and I think it was a politician that that quote comes from, if I recall right. But just the idea that being in a place that uh, takes, takes away some of your need to control the narrative is really good for people. I think just to give you again, like we were talking earlier about feeling small. And I think that that's just so important to, especially, I mean, most of the folks that I've traveled with on those courses are adolescents or in young, young adults who I think all of us are guilty of this, it, but young adults, especially of like thinking that they are the center of the world. Right. And that their thoughts and feelings are the most important things out there. And, and it's not to say that they're bad, bad. That's just the nature of being 16 or 21. Um, and so to be able to go and spend a bunch of time where, yeah, your feelings don't matter. <laughs> like the, the rain doesn't care if you're sick of it raining, like it's going to keep raining until it's ready to stop. And so just giving you a little perspective of, okay, like, great, this, there are forces out there that are bigger than me that I can't control. I can't complain my way out of, I can't like, um, tr you know, switch class or, or, you know, whatever, like, no, you're here. And, you know, we have a saying at Knowles that I think is pretty good that, you know, the wilderness is the teacher. Like we're not teachers. We're there to facilitate this experience, but the mountains are the, are the best teacher. Um, and I sure believe that. <laughs> in the Bighorn Mountains uh, up in northern Wyoming. And uh, this course was with uh, 14 and 15-year-old students. So we call them adventure courses. And they're like 14 and 15 of the youngest catalog courses that we do that you can do open enrollment style courses that we do. So 14 and 15-year-olds, uh, 
a lot of our instructors are less excited to work with them than they are with like college students or even older high school students, you know, 14 and 15, there's lots of tears. There's lots of, uh, video game talk. I don't know. There's like, they, they're a kind of different population to work with. In a That's lot a of rough ways. age. I feel like thinking back. Yeah. It's hard when you're 14, yeah. life is really, really hard. And, um, and you're also in this weird place, I think, where uh, no one really gives you agency over your own life, even though you feel like you're becoming more of an adult and you have some independence. You also don't have a ton of agency. And so on the on the this particular course I'm thinking about was a month long course. And so at the end, um, one of our uh, kind of foundational principles at Knowles is on a lot of courses, preparing students to go on an independent travel expedition, right, where they go out without instructors and you know meet back up after a few days and um many of our courses with 14 and 15 year olds don't get a chance to do that and this particular course uh the student group was was hard and awesome and i mean it's just like 14 and 15 you never know what you're going to get complete inconsistency but by the end, my co-instructor and I felt like we were in a good place to let these students go off on, I think we let them go for three nights by themselves in the, in the Bighorns. And then we're going to meet them at the, where the pickup was, right? So we have all of our maps marked and we divide the food and divide the groups up and there's a group leader for each group. And so off they troop and man, for two nights, I got some of the worst sleep I've ever gotten, right? Uh, I usually sleep really well on a tent and just especially on a backpacking expedition. I'm like every night I like read for five minutes. I'm out, but I did not sleep. Well. I was like, Oh man, did I do the right thing? Are these kids going to be okay? And I will like, this will be burned in my memory forever is the faces of the students when they were, when they walked back into our camp and the, the pride that was in their, in their faces that they had just done this thing by themselves, uh, that an adult had trusted them to go and do these things. Um, and you know, we talk about the wilderness being transformational experiences for people and that for that group of students, man, it was, it was, uh, just really so powerful to see them walking back into camp and hearing about how excited they were to be catching fish and doing whatever and getting lost and, you know, getting unlost, um, and just actually giving them some power over their life in this way that felt really, really awesome to empower someone to do that. And I think regardless of whether the student's 14 or 65, um, when I've been, uh, you know, when I've been able to help facilitate an experience like that for someone, it just is such a, such a powerful thing for me. And, and just, uh, I, I, I will always treasure the experiences that I've had with those students, whether they were hard or bad, you know, I think everyone gets something out of being in the wilderness, even if, um, even if they don't know it at the time, you know, and I, I've gotten letters, you know, five years later from a student who wrote to say, you know, I didn't realize that thing that you taught me or that thing that the, that thing that happened that I learned from on the course where I, you know, whatever you made me keep walking or we had to do what I, you know, just getting a, a letter five years down the road with like a really thoughtful now 20 year old 
talking to me about how much they had learned and how much their Knowles course five years previously had helped them get through a really hard semester at school, you know? Um, that's a pretty cool letter to get, you know? The 20 year olds, I feel like that's not always something they think of doing. Yeah. Um, and so it means that was a pretty big impression if they took the time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think about it like what I didn't, I would never. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Wild Place, presented by Friends of Scotchman Peaks Wilderness. For more information about the Friends, visit our website, scotchmanpeaks.org. This episode featured Drew Seitz with Knowles, was edited by Henry Jordan, and as always, our theme music is by Ben Olson and Katie Archer. Subscribe to Your Wild Place wherever you listen to podcasts.